Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. We will be chatting about the Birmingham City victory, which not many people perhaps were expecting at St Andrews, but it was an impressive win. The first time Bristol City have won that in a very long time. We'll also be discussing Norwich this weekend. It's a big ask. It's a big game on telly. Norwich flying uh, at the top of the championship. Bristol City, I've got a lot to do to stop them. Uh, also, Greville went down the Children's Hospice Southwest this week to see the work that Bristol City are doing down there. And January transfer window, yep, we're talking about it already. We'll be talking about that too. So, Gregor, let's start with Birmingham. And a very resilient display by Bristol City, but they have most of the ball. But perhaps that wasn't surprising because Birmingham City averaged something like 37% possession, which is around the lowest in the championship. And they dominated the ball, Bristol City. For you didn't really get a sniffle game, and then he came up with a goal. That's going to do a lot for his confidence, isn't it? Yeah, really good storyline in a way, isn't it? Famara banned last season um, for the spitting incident that uh, the club denies. And I think Jamie McAllister um, basically confirmed that it was Harley Dean, I think, who had made the initial complaint. But there's never been any video evidence of this. So it's just one word against another. And yeah, lo and behold, it's Famu pops up with the winner, beating Harley Dean, I think, at the near post. <laughs> And uh, getting the points for City. Great result. It was a great result, but also perhaps not like a, a stunning performance or anything like that, but gritty, really gritty away from home. And we keep seeing this away from home, don't we? Yeah, we have. There's an, a nice sort of characteristic building here, isn't there, of the, of the side. And I think last season the club was sort of around 13th or 14th or maybe mid-table, certainly in terms of goals conceded. And last I looked, they were in the top six this season for goals conceded. So... Is that away from home or overall? No, this is overall. Right. So, I mean, yeah, another clean sheet on the road. We've seen a few of those. Another win on the road, um, three in the last five. And, yeah, they've only lost four times all season away from home. And I, I asked Marlon Packer about this uh, earlier this week. I'm sure we'll come on to it. But, yeah, they've, they've been really resilient on the road. This is really good because we haven't seen this for a while. And they've just got to get, in my mind, their home form going. Mm. And, and I think we are going to see that over, over the festive period. But we'll come on to that. Let's hear from Jim McAllister then on his thoughts off the back of the Birmingham City game. No, Birmingham, we, myself and Dean Holden, went to watch them the week before against Preston and they're good at what they do. Uh, very well drilled, good shape and they're organised so it was always going to be a difficult game. They're on a good run, they're sitting, I think, eighth in the table. So it was a difficult game. But the lads executed the game plan to a tee and a little bit more quality in the final third. We could have probably won the game by two or three more. So um, excellent all-round performance. So you're doing particularly well in your travels, mm. particularly of late. What do you kind of put that down to? A lot of things, just what the boys have been doing on the training ground. Um, a little bit of luck, probably, as well, in the last couple of games, at the right times and games, which you need. And just the last second, like, being dogged, being hard to beat, organised, disciplined, and then taking our chances at good, good moments in games. Jamie McAllister there speaking about Birmingham City and the away form. And he said it there, didn't he? Dogged and taking those chances at the key moments. And then sort of hang, holding on, hanging on, soaking up that pressure, which is something they couldn't do a couple of seasons ago. But they do, if we're taking the positives, seem to have that character. How are they going to translate that to home form, Gregor? Yeah, I, it's kind of funny because they lost Aidan Flint in the summer. But I actually think defensively they're better. Well, the statistics show that they're better. They're conceding fewer goals. 
conceding fewer shots on goal. Adam Webster's been a brilliant signing for me, mm. and he's and he's a young guy. Um, a few weeks ago, we looked at all the best young defenders in the division, and people like Zach Viner, Lloyd Lloyd Kelly, and Adam Webster were all in there. Plus, then you've got De Silva. And as Lee Johnson said to me a couple of weeks ago, he, he's really happy with the strength and depth he's got at the back there because you've got people like Bailey Wright, who I think is going to be involved this weekend, possibly okay. for the first time, might only be on the bench. But he's the club captain. He's a big personality in the dressing room. It's, it would be great to have him finally involved. Um, and then, yeah, you've got competition for places there because Nathan Baker is no slouch. He, he, if you think about the season he had last year alongside Flint, um, Bristol City had a really good season. It really okay, they t- tailed off, but equaled their record um, in the in the League Cup and were were in the top six for a long time. If if just tailing off at the end of the season, so yeah, we, we, it's it's this crazy championship, isn't it? Where there's um, pros and cons, and um, yeah, if they could just get more goals into their, their side, that's that's the thing. And I, I actually think. That they will come if you if you think about like the lifespan of a footballer when they're younger, um, as they grow up and develop as players, they often score more goals as as they progress. So I think with some of the younger players, we'll see that, and it's maybe just a case of building partnerships in the right areas of the pitch now. And they did ride their luck though. I mean, Birmingham City could have had perhaps two or three penalties. Birmingham City hit the post, but do you think that luck might just be starting to change for for the Robins now? Yeah, maybe a little bit, and but it's probably deserved. And yeah, every game there's such fine margins. I mean, one nil is nothing, isn't it? But I'm sure Lee Johnson could argue that there's other games this season where Bristol City probably deserved more and didn't get it. So you take what you can in this league and um, and move on. But just just to add, I'm not saying that I think Bristol City are going to turn overnight into like a top six team. I think there's a long way to go to that. But is where they are on the table a fair reflection? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're getting up to not far off halfway now. And yeah, looking at their fixtures ahead, I think they've got a great chance of getting some good points on the board. I don't, I don't think they're going to finish top six, I'm afraid. I don't think they... I think they're going to struggle to finish top half, maybe even. Mm. But they're not really anywhere away from where we said they would be at the beginning of the season. I... I I think I predicted them around mid-table. Yeah, well, yeah you did. Yep. 11th, 12th, 13th. That's where I still think they'll finish. I mean, they're 11 points clear of the bottom three, so that's not really a worry, is it? Exactly. That's, that's good. And bearing in mind the business they did last summer, it was always going to be a transitional season of sorts, losing your three best players, investing in younger players. It's going to take some of these guys a little bit longer to come through. But and It's funny you should say that because Swansea City, who had that, a similar summer, obviously coming down from the Premier League, so... Theoretically, they should have that parachute payment. They should have more money, but they're locked on the same points as Bristol City, and they're also having that transitional season. So, if you look at the clubs around them, you know it's it's not a bad place to be. And Aston Villa are only three points ahead of them. No, and like like the head coach said that if they want to tweak things in January, I can't see them doing a lot of business. But say if they could bring in maybe a forward player, who makes a difference then. Who's that forward player going to be, though? Like, if you look across where they're looking and the budget they have, Mm. do you have any names? Well, the one we know about is Josh Major, but that sounds like he's going to sign a new deal um, up at Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking, and I don't know about this, this is just me speculating here, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking in League One, and you've got several guys there doing a very good job, such as 
Ladipo of Plymouth, who obviously scored against Bristol City this mm. season in the League Cup. But he- just on that, before you just go into more detail about him, didn't we say in summer that if they want to compete in the Championship, they should be playing... Uh, buying championship players like like they did you know with Marnie Watkins and players like that are they now regressing to what they were doing before because at times that has worked this yes good point <laughs> it's just very expensive to buy absolutely like a, yeah a, no no a, a razor sharp frontman and i mean i look at jack marriott who who does look like he's going to sort of maybe fulfil the potential that he has shown mm. he, he's done that in glimpses scored against both chelsea and man united this season but i don't think well I know Bristol City couldn't, uh, well, I'm sure couldn't have afforded the £8 million or whatever it would have taken to get his fi- no. signature, £6 million maybe. I think we'll be careful although, with financial fair yeah, play. Yeah, I think Lee Johnson's words at the time in the summer were that it might have been a punt to go for someone like that when mm. you're spending £6 million quid. They, they can't do that at the moment, so... So they what might do write... Do? What do you do? Save League up? Cups. Yeah, save up and, and wait for maybe a, a season But you can't two. because... The, because you know, the league's moving all the time, so you have to try and freshen it up, I guess, a little bit and, and bring in more depth. And then you've got to allow for injuries. We know how played with injuries Bristol City were last season. So, Freddie Ladapo, then, from Plymouth Argyle, how likely is that one, do you think? Well, it depends, obviously, a little bit on Plymouth. I mean, I wanted to throw in, just going back to what you are saying, I wanted mm. to throw in the names of someone like Josh McGuinness of Bolton, who's had a really good season. Again, he's another one who scored against City. Now, Bolton won't obviously want to lose him, but they've got financial troubles of their own. There's a lot of talk at the moment that mm. Phil Parkinson might go to Reading. Now, if that happens, you'd have thought the players might question the, the direction that Wanderers are yeah. travelling in. They, they, it sounds like it's a struggle for them to be paid uh, month awful, to month. It's awful, isn't it? So yeah. maybe like a, a cheeky two and a half, three million pound bid for Josh McGuinness might might do the trick. And remember, uh, Bolton sold last January to Cardiff, didn't they? They, um... yeah, uh, Gary Medin. Yes, who's hardly uh, played for them? <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not done too well. And then also someone like Kiefer Moore. I would be surprised if they're not looking at him because he's he's done brilliantly for Barnsley. Would give them that aerial threat. Maybe the club thinks he he hasn't got the mobility and he might be a bit Milan Juric like for their. And he's from down this way, he's from Torquay. Yeah, and he was outstanding up at um, Barnsley last season. Um, He absolutely bullied Bailey Wright, I remember, Mm. and Nathan Baker at the back. They really couldn't deal with him. So I think someone like that would be um, a a good good signing for them. Just just before... Yeah, just before we move on to Norwich, anyone that might leave in January? Because if you're bringing players in, they're going to have to, you know save some money somewhere because we talked before about the financial fair play situation and how if they spent how much is it they couldn't spend more than 10 to 12 million could they Bristol City no they, they are very yeah hamstrung by um, this just seems crazy because you think about how difficult it is for a club like Bristol City let's say a medium sized club in the championship that are trying to be run sustainably by their owner that have investment but they're finding themselves caught out by financial fair play that's really tricky for them isn't it 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 is and this was always going to be the trouble with financial fair play it was always going to lock into place the the status quo so those clubs who are successful and have got the money and that can buy and sell yeah exactly they they they, they're always going to have that place whereas anyone wanting to come in and invest in football it's going to be very difficult however there are loopholes unfortunately and we have seen clubs maybe take advantage. And the other thing is you, you can just run it really well and, and have a bit of luck. I mean, look at Huddersfield, what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, you, you've got to get it spot on. And and 
City haven't done that so far, but but maybe they might do over over the longer run. So. It's easier said than done, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just to be fair to the club in terms of financial fair play, yeah, they had a big, massive loss of twenty three, twenty four million pounds announced in the last financial um, recording. However, if next year they'll be including all the sales they've just done in the summer. Um, and I believe that's going to push them in the right direction. Yeah. And if they can bring in any more money through revenue and all their revenue streams are going the right way, then that's all going to help. So uh, I, I think there is some room probably for them to, to bring in a player, but I, I would be surprised if it was more than one. And it was interesting that Lee Johnson used the word trade, if we need to trade in mm. January. <laughs> um, because he's aware, though. He's aware of financial situation. Yeah, he, I, I know... I spotted on his um, table one time when I was in his office. I spotted him um, that he was reading a book on the on the um, transfer market and the trading. Um, and he loves the, that stuff, though. The, yeah, the financial element. I think it was. Um, I think the book was actually called Player Player Trades or something. But um, yeah, uh, and maybe he was alluding to that. They yeah, they might have to sell, but I. I have written about this recently. I think if they do sell, I think it'll only be fringe players mm. um, who can't get into the team. And I mean, some of the names I put on that list are, are the likes of someone like Matty Taylor, who was linked... Do you really think? Well... Because he's not... I wouldn't say he's a fringe player, Gregor. He, he was linked, remember, with a loan move away this time last year. Yeah, but would you call him a fringe player? But if you bring in another striker... Well, then he becomes a fringe player, potentially. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but Moisa, I know he's been injured, but he's... Further down the packing order than Matty Taylor right now, isn't he? Is he? That's, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's obviously one for the coaching staff to decide on. And, yeah, there might be a hard decision to be made there. Another one I'm going to throw in there, mm. and which you won't like, and I want to speak, to speak about him anyway. What about Calamo Dowder? I disagree again. He came on in the Birmingham game. He made a difference. He got the assist for the goal. Absolutely, yeah. And I actually think he might start this weekend, and now is his time to shine. But, but a couple of things. His stock is very high with um, playing regularly for Ireland. And let's not forget that he's in contract negotiations with the club that Lee Johnson said recently he really hopes they get tied up soon. But that hasn't happened. And with his contract winding down, if the club were going to countenance a sale, maybe now might be the best time to do it. Bring in a good price and then reinvest what's a good price? time. What, what's a good price? Well, this is a question for Mark Ashton, but... I'm, I just off, off the top of my head, I would suggest I don't know two three million pounds for him if he's got. I think he's got. And where would he put what to a higher championship club? I think he's got eighteen months on his contract left. I yeah, I mean I'm speculating here. I, yeah, maybe another championship club. Maybe maybe a bottom of the bottom of the Premier League club might might be interested in him. He's really he's do, when he do, can't get in the Bristol City first eleven. But it's it's kind of it's a strange one though, isn't it? Because remember he was playing regularly for, for Ireland. Republic of Ireland. Yeah, no, so. no I, I know, but he's not getting in the Bristol City eleven and uh, it's, it's hey, tricky, he, isn't it? Yes, he got an assist at the weekend. Let's say he starts against Norwich, maybe scores. And scores a worldie. Yeah, and, and then maybe starts the next couple of games, then wow. maybe things change a little bit. We will see, but I, I like watching Callum O'Dowder, so I, I hope he doesn't go. One other name I just want to throw at you. Um, I think Nicky Mainpart has been one of the signings of the season. Mm, been brilliant. Absolutely. Big part of this new defence now. He's been outstanding. If Frank Fielding wanted first-team football, would could he Ooh, be one? I don't know, but could he just... He's very much settled here, is what I would he say. Is. And you have to bear in mind he's been ill and things. When he gets back to full fitness, will he be pushing Mainpart for his place? But... You know, what a save by Mindpower and the dying embers of the game uh, 
Birmingham City. Yeah, I, that was a difficult save he made, and he held it as well. I think he's got better and better as yeah, this season too. has Absolutely. gone on. I think it's been a, a that has been a brilliant piece of business. I think there is a role for Frank Fielding still at the club. Don't get me wrong, I'm not pushing him out the door at all. I, I think Max he would O'Leary? be brilliant. Now, well, this is the thing, you've got Max You've got a feel for Max. He did well on those games he came in on. Well, Max might go out on loan, I think. There's a, there's, there might be a possibility of that. Lee Johnson sort of hinted at that at the end of the summer. I think ideally, if, if I think, in fact, I think Lee said it, if Frank had been fully fit... Yeah, then Max would have gone out on loan. loan. Yeah. Um, and that might still be the case. And I think Frank Fielding would, would make a brilliant number two or sort of backup keeper. Mm, because he's pushing a, he, the whole time. He's a fantastic... Um, he's just a nice bloke, isn't he? Fantastic character in the dressing yeah. room. He, yeah, he, he, he's got... He's like um, a link to the the older team, isn't he? Yes. The, the Cots team of 2015, double winners. So, yeah, keep him. But if he wanted first-team football, as I say... And remember, we said that there were clubs interested from the northwest in the summer, so... Well, maybe, yeah, and that is where his home is. Yeah. Well, maybe, family was from. His home is obviously now here. But if he wanted to go back... Yeah, maybe, maybe just one to keep an eye on. Yes, we shall see. January not far away now until the window opens. Uh, Gregor went down to the Children's Hospice Southwest this week, which is a charity Bristol City works closely with. A lot of the players do amazing stuff down there, which they don't post or publicise about, which really is credit to them. But uh, let's hear from Monon Pack on why he goes down there and the work he does. Uh, yeah, obviously, the, not just the boys, but the staff as well have, have come down to visit some of the families that are here. Um, try and spread some festive cheer just you know get stuck in really and um, obviously not for the kids that are here it's just for you know for the whole family the siblings the parents um, just to help out really and, and show our faces are you one of the eight yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a best I've been an ambassador now for a few years and yeah. you know it's touched me really early even the first time we come here and I think it's you don't really understand you know the work that come in like I said the staff are brilliant you know, there's volunteers. Um, and look, we're in such a privileged position as footballers and you get a real sense of reward just coming in and, you know, seeing a smile on a child's face. Um, I came down here a couple of times myself and spoke to Ollie when he was working here and he said that Litz turned up with some Xboxes randomly one time. Yeah. Joe Bryan used to come down with a bag full of uh, designer clothes. Have you put any yeah, well, stuff like that down yourself? Well, I always do. Obviously, I don't, you don't need to put it out everywhere. But yeah, I'm always, any clothes that I give away, they always come straight to the hospice. Um, my little boy's toys, his dressing up um, costumes that he's now grown out of, everything comes here. So... Um, like the boys have bought loads of boots on that today. Um, just like I said, help help raise a bit of money. Um, and I think they've got a great auction site that they do really well off. And just to help, you know, helping the cause in any way possible, really. Fantastic to hear from Mon and Pack there at the Children's Hospice Southwest. Greg, well, you went down and saw the amazing work they do, and that was the Christmas visit from Bristol City. Uh, he's also got quite a cheeky side to him, though, hasn't he, Mon and Pack? He has, yeah. I. I, I hadn't spotted anyone asking him about this, so I thought, because we, we haven't had a chance really to ask Marlon just yet, if anyone remembers the Villa game, do, can you recall, towards the end of the game, Josh Onomar of Aston Villa had a tactical note on a piece of paper, I think, in his hand, and Marlon Pack, quite funnily, snatched it off I him remember. and pretended to read it, and it sparked a melee. Josh, Josh <laughs> Onomar obviously didn't take it the right way, didn't see the funny side, and yeah, Villa all piled in, and the City all piled in, and yeah, we took the opportunity to uh, ask Marlon about that. Just finally, I um, haven't had a chance to ask you, but 
if the opportunity comes up and one of the opposition players has a tactical note in their hand at all, yeah. would you take the opposition to have a, um, take the opportunity <laughs> to have a little look at it? Or that was a long time ago, that one, and obviously we didn't win that game. But yeah, I'd still, I think, like I said, you try and get an advantage anyway. So um, yeah, of course it'll do it. What did it say? I can't. <laughs> I, it was to do with set pieces. Now I remember he was marking someone from a set piece, but it wasn't nothing too extreme, unfortunately. Um, he's he's got to have a tighter grip. It was his fault. And, and shouldn't let me get close to him. Fair enough, fair enough, yes. Cheers, Marlon. There we are. Josh Onomer, hold on to your notes more, more closely on set pieces. Unfortunately, it didn't, didn't make a difference, but it's amazing the lengths players will go to to gain those fine margins. But Marlon Pack has really flourished, hasn't he, as captain this season? He has, yeah, on-field captain. And, um, yeah, his partnership in the middle with Josh Brownhill mm. has been one of the successes of this season. Likewise, Callas and Webster at the back. And likewise... Um, Kelly and Eliasson on the left flank, so he's, he's probably just finding the right two up front now, mm. and and the right right the the correct right hand side, if you know what I mean. And Bassano has been pretty good on the right recently. Yeah, so. he's the master to come in. Well, this Saturday against Norwich, what do you think? Can Bristol City get anything from this? I'll tell you what, Norwich love a late winner, don't they? They do. Yeah, certainly the Robins are going to have to watch out for that. But nobody in the league is better than Bristol City at not conceding late on in the league. And Bristol City have conceded the fewest goals in the last 15, match, 15 minutes of That's matches. Great. So maybe not too much to worry about there. The, the, the championship is so crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if City actually got a result this weekend. Maybe <laughs> maybe a draw, maybe even a win. Because, OK, Norwich unbeaten in nine. I've but, seen Norwich play. They are very good. But a lot of their games have been by uh, wins by narrow margin, haven't they? They have. And they've been those late winners. Mm. So, given that Bristol City have been solid at not conceding late goals, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe a draw, maybe a draw. We'll we'll see. Just um, looking around the cha- uh, Championship at the moment, I just wanted to briefly mention, obviously we said about Bolton's financial trouble, mm. but also the, the stories at the moment coming out just yesterday and today about 11 sports being in trouble and whether that might have a knock-on effect at Leeds United. Um, obviously, Ad- Andrea Radrizzani is the main man behind... Leeds, they're going well at the moment under Bielsa, but... Yeah, um, apparently it's um, it's facing closure and he owns Leeds United, essentially. So are you making a link here? If 11 Sports closes, that might financially impact Leeds United. Yeah, this, this is the thing. Sort of coming back to what we were talking about earlier with the January transfer window, you just don't know what's going to happen. There might be all sorts of situations arise where clubs do need money. Um, and obviously... Radrit Sani was one of the main guys we're led to believe who was uh, wanting to de- delay the EFL TV deal, um, which obviously didn't happen. They, that, that's all been signed off and everything. And we're kind of waiting to see whether those championship rebel clubs uh, actually do anything about it and announce their next move. That might now hit the back burner because 11 sports are running into some financial troubles, reportedly. Um, so we'll have to just keep an eye on that. But what all I would say is that it might move the goalposts a little bit in January and I, I was just listening this morning to one of the, the league podcasts I listened to and they were saying that some players such as Calvin Phillips and Kamar Roof are, have not been tied down to new contracts at Leeds and might see their future elsewhere and I'm not in any but way they're in the top them. two but they're in the yeah. top two of the championship are they really going to leave? No, probably not at the moment but are they going to finish in the top two? That's that's all mm. I'm saying but there's basically 
There's some, some interesting undercurrents going on yeah. at the who moment. Who knows what's going on? Championship's happen. never straightforward. We know this, Gregor. Uh, well, while we've got you, Gregor, we're going down tonight to raise money for Children's Hospital Southwest. If you'd like to come and join us, at the time of recording, it's Thursday morning. So uh, tonight, Thursday evening, if you're listening before then, please do come down to the Rising Sun uh, near Ashton Gate, where we'll both be there. And I've seen the quiz, Gregor. This is a tough quiz. Are You've you... seen the quiz. I am me? the quiz master. <laughs> of course I've seen the quiz. I can't tell you anything, Gregor, because that would be cheating. But uh, it's a tough one. It will put your Bristol City knowledge to the test for sure. Please come and join us. Uh, feel free to arrive from around six o'clock and the quiz will begin at seven. I hope you can join us. It's five to get in and you get a free drink. Yeah, brilliant. And you also get to be in a future episode of Robins on the Wire. Yeah, we're going to try and put some bits together and uh, get some of the fans on and get some of the quiz in there too. If technology goes with us on that one. Uh, Thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week reflecting on the Norwich game and looking ahead to a very busy festive period for the Robins. Luckily, they've got a couple of games at home, Gregor, which might make a difference. Yeah, looking at their fixtures over... Well, coming up, Brentford at home on Boxing Day and then uh, Rotherham at home as well. So, yeah, these games are games that they really should be winning, given that Brentford is in such dire form. Mm. Seven defeats in nine, isn't it? It's but not gone well since Dean Frank, Smith yeah. left. Poor Thomas Frank is yeah, not going his since way. Since the Robins beat them. 1-0 so. in October? Yeah, yeah. So. That's a nice warm day in October. I don't think Boxing Day will be quite that warm, but looking forward to that one. Right, Gregor, thank you for your time, as always. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.